I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 24. Deuteronomy chapter 24. We'll be looking at verses 10 through 16 this morning as we continue our study in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 24, 10 through 16. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab the Pew Bible there, and it's page 155 in the Pew Bible. Page 155 in the Pew Bible. Well, it's no big secret that uh, God calls us, calls his people to love the vulnerable. Love the vulnerable, and that's what our, our text is all about today in Deuteronomy 24, 10 through 16. It's about loving the vulnerable, and this text calls you to love the vulnerable as yourself. You're to love the vulnerable as yourself. Now, who are the vulnerable? Well, Scripture has, tells us over and over again, uh, gives us kind of several indications about who the vulnerable are, the vulnerable in society. Of course, we know the widow and the orphan, uh, those who are the aged and the, the very young in society. They are often the most vulnerable in society. And I know all of us uh, probably get frustrated, and I, I know my blood boils if I hear about a widow or a widower being taken advantage of. And you hear that more and more these days, scammers targeting the vulnerable trying to take all that they have, and so we get very frustrated with that. We get very angry when we hear of that happening. So the widows and the orphans were called to, to care for and to love. We're also called to, to care for the poor and the needy, those in our society who, who don't have the means to provide for themselves. We're to love them and care for them and, and help them in any way that we can. We're also called to take care of the sojourner, in our context, the immigrant, the ones who come into our society and they don't have all the means available that we might have. We're to care for them, love them, and love them even as ourselves. As God's children, we're called to love the vulnerable. We're called to love the vulnerable, all of the vulnerable as ourselves. And, and in today's text, we're going to see three commitments to demonstrate love for the vulnerable. Three commitments that we must do to demonstrate our love for the vulnerable. So to kind of give you a kind of a review of where we are here in Deuteronomy, of course we're working through Deuteronomy, and this is the section that uh, often is called the Deuteronomic Law, that Moses is he's preaching a sermon and he's applying God's law to the people of Israel right before they go into the promised land. And the section in which we find ourselves is Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 8 through 16. All of that is kind of one group, one little section there in Deuteronomy. And this section deals with our commitment to love others. And it started with our commitment to love God-ordained authorities by heeding their authority. And we covered that a few weeks back. And now we shift to the other end of the spectrum and we consider the vulnerable and our commitment to love the most vulnerable 
Hattib. So if you found your place there in Deuteronomy chapter 24, please stand with me as we read God's holy word. I hear the word of the Lord. When you make your neighbor a loan of any sort, you shall not go to his house to collect his pledge. You shall stand and the man to whom you make the loan shall bring the pledge out to you. And if he is a poor man, you shall not sleep in his pledge. You shall restore to him the pledge as the sun sets, that he may sleep in his cloak and bless you. And it shall be righteousness for you before the Lord your God. You shall not oppress a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether he is one of your brothers or one of the sojourners who are in your land within your towns. You shall give him his wages on the same day before the sun sets, for he is poor and counts on it, lest he cry against you to the Lord and you be guilty of sin. Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own sins. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, we do pray that you would write its eternal truth on all our hearts today, Lord. Lord, teach us to love the vulnerable as ourselves, Lord. Uh, we have been given your love. We have experienced your love in our most vulnerable state. So, Lord, help us to demonstrate your love to others, especially those who are the most vulnerable in our society. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And you may be seated. Well, as we consider our text today and we, we learn to love the vulnerable as ourselves, First, we love the vulnerable by caring for their psychological and physical well-being. And these two go together, don't they? We do this, we, we love the vulnerable by caring for their psychological, or you might even say emotional, and physical well-being. Their psychological and physical well-being. As we work through our little text here, these few paragraphs, Moses begins with the psychological need. He, be, he begins with the psychological need, and he, he puts the physical need with that. So, in fact, we're, we're looking at the whole well-being of a person. That's what he's getting at here in this first little paragraph. We're to love the vulnerable by caring for their total well-being, beginning with their psychological need. Notice what he says there in the first couple of verses. When you make your neighbor a loan of any sort, you shall not go into his house to collect the pledge. You shall stand outside, and the man to whom you make the loan shall bring the pledge out to you. Now, we've already talked about loans in Israel in this day and time when Moses was, was teaching the people of Israel. The loans in that day and time were predominantly to someone who has come along hard times. Someone who ha their crops have failed or something has happened, their, their fields burned or, or whatever. Something has happened and they're in a tight and they're going to their neighbor and they're saying, hey, I, I, I'm in a mess. I need some help. Can you help me out? And the neighbor says, well, sure, God has blessed me with much and so I will help you in this 
time of difficulty. And so the neighbor makes his other neighbor, who's come along hard times, alone. And oftentimes they would give a pledge. In other words, it was just something. We call it collateral, right? If you have a loan at the bank, you, they might want collateral. And so you, you, you give them whatever it might be. It might be a title to a vehicle or something like that as collateral. What well, was similar to that? Sometimes that, that poor man, he, he might give something as collateral, something as a pledge for the loan that his neighbor is giving him. But Moses says, now, you're not allowed to go into your neighbor's home and pillage his things and go through his things and, and search for the pledge yourself. No, you wait outside and you allow him to go inside and you allow him to get whatever he wants to bring out to you in pledge and, and let him do that on his own. Why? Can you imagine how humiliating it would be if someone who is giving you a loan goes into your house, pilfers through all of your things to find something to take in pledge? I mean, can you imagine the lack of trust that is in that whole act? I'm not trusting the man to, to go in and find something to bring out in pledge, to go through his privacy his area of privacy his private well his private home and, and pillaging his private things to find something how humiliating how degrading would that be and Moses says that's not to be you you're not to do that in other words what he is getting at we're to care for the psychological and the emotional well-being of our neighbor especially those who are, are vulnerable. It should be care for all of our neighbors' well-being, but, but in this case, he, he's really honing in on the vulnerable. This person who is in a vulnerable state already, they're already down on, the, on themselves, and, and how humiliating it is when we treat them less than we treat other people. We're to care for their psychological need. We're to care for their emotional need. Now think about that, even in our own day and time. No, we, we may not go into someone's house and pilfer around. We, 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 we wouldn't do that. But just think about if you treat someone as less than a human being. You treat someone different because of their condition, because of their vulnerability. Well, just think about this. Think about a parent. Think about a father. If a father looks his son in the eye and says, you're a worthless piece of trash. Well, what kind of psychological, what kind of emotional damage does that father do to his son? It's terrible. It's, it's tearing that, that young man down. And, and I've seen this, right? You've seen this. You've seen parents who, who say, he is just a worthless thing. He is just a troublemaker. He's always getting in trouble at school. He is worthless. And what does that child grow up to be? Oh, he, he lives up to the expectation that his, his father, his mother, has put upon him. By degrading people, we tear them down. We tear them down emotionally. We tear them down psychologically. We do psychological damage to them. Now think about the poor and needy in our, our society. If you have a, a, a poor man who, who comes to you and you treat that poor man different than you treat 
say of the neighbor sitting beside you? What kind of damage does that do to them? What kind of psychological damage do, does that do to them when you treat them different than ever, anyone and everyone else? We, we, we have a tendency, and, and we can do that, right? If, if we see someone who, who doesn't dress like we dress, or maybe they don't smell like we smell, maybe they don't talk like we talk, Maybe they have an accent. And so we go to them and we start talking to them different. We start treating them a little bit different than we do our friends and our family. How degrading is that? How degrading is that? We need to care for the vulnerable's psychological and emotional needs. We need to, to treat them like a human being created in the image of God. We need to treat them with respect and dignity and not look down upon them and talk down to them because they're in a vulnerable state, because they're in a position that we're not in. We need to care for the vulnerable by caring for their psychological well-being but not only that, we also need to care for their physical well-being as well. Picking up in verse 12, he says, And if he is a poor man, you shall not sleep in his pledge. That is, if he, the thing he brings out, this is a very poor man in that day and time because all he has to give in a pledge is his garment, his outer garment. And in that day and time, I mean, typically people, when they had, they, they only have one or two sets of clothing anyway. If it was a poor man, he only had one set of clothes. And, and that outer garment was what protected him from the elements. And, and that was something, that's what he slept in at night to keep him warm. He, he didn't have a blanket. They didn't have beds like we have beds. They didn't have sheets and comforters and all of those types of things. And so when they went in, to bed at night, especially if it was a poor person, they had to have that outer garment to cover up and keep themselves warm. And so Moses says, and if he is a poor man, you shall not sleep in his pledge. You shall restore to him the pledge as the sun sets, that he may sleep in his cloak and bless you. And it shall be righteousness for you before the Lord your God. That is, you will do the will of the Lord if you restore it to him. We need to care for the vulnerable's physical needs. We need to, to look at them and, and see, is there something I can do? Is there some way I can help to get them out of this state or to help them along? They've come upon hard times. Maybe there's illness, maybe there's sickness, maybe there's a death in the family even. How can I help? How can I improve their situation? How can I care them and show them the love of God by taking care of a physical need that they have, taking care of their physical well-being? On Wednesday nights, we've been going through James, and a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about this one, James chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? 
You know, sometimes I think we kind of get in that, don't we? Oh, bless your little heart. Oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through this hard time. You're just down on your luck. I'm going to pray for you. And that's it. When we know very well that we've got plenty and we could help at least a little bit and, and care for at least some of their needs. No, we may not can solve all of their problems, but, but if we can address one need, praise the Lord, He has given us an abundance. If all we say is, oh, bless your heart, I'm going to pray for you. Without digging deep, without doing something to help them and care for their physical need, what good is that? What good is that? Praise the Lord that we live in the most wealth, the most wealthiest nation in history. And every one of us in here are rich by worldly standards. No, we may not be the wealthiest of our society, but we are the wealthiest of the world. I was just reading, in fact, last night, I was just reading that even as Americans, as the most wealthiest, we are the most wealthy society in history, yet Christians in the most wealthiest society in history actually give less. We give less. Because we like our toys. We like to dress nice. We like to drive fancy vehicles. And so we add up these bills and add up these bills and add up these bills and all of our money goes to the banks and the video stores and the streaming services and all of these other things instead of helping those whom God has put in front of us to care for. How dare us look at the poor and the needy and say, I'm going to pray for you without doing something to care for their physical needs. One day we're going to have to answer for that. We're going to stand before God. and He's going to say, didn't I give you? Look at all that I gave you. What good could you have done with all that I blessed you with? Yet you ate it up. Spent it all on your fleshly desires. We need to care for the vulnerable by caring for their psychological and their physical well-being. We show love for the vulnerable by attending to their total well-being we could easily care for the physical well-being without uh, giving any attention to their psychological condition see the reverse is also true we, we can also care for the physical condition without giving any attention to the psychological condition but god says you care for the total person you care for the total person. God calls us to attend to the total well-being of the vulnerable. 
to love the vulnerable by caring for their physical, their psychological and their physical well-being, their total well-being. Second, love the vulnerable by dealing honestly with them. Love the vulnerable by dealing honestly with them. Moving on to the paragraph there notice what he says in verses 15 14 and 15 you shall not oppress a hired worker who is poor and needy whether he is one of your brothers or one of the sojourners who are in your land within your towns you shall give him his wages on the same day before the sun sets for he is poor and counts on it lest he cry against you to the lord and you be guilty of sin as we look at this, of course, this is dealing with a, a time that we, we're a different time than what we are in now. Uh, most of us, and, and even then, and there were those who were regular hired hands in Israel. So the people had regular workers who came in, and, and they probably had different pay schedules than what, we, what, that, what Moses is dealing with here. Today, we typically go and we work a week or two and, and we get paid every other week or every two weeks or twice a month or something like that. And that's fine if that's agreed upon and there's a person here not in need and, and they need that money. But he's dealing with someone who is poor and need and someone who is a, a basically a day worker. And so here the man goes out, he needs some day workers, and he goes and he finds this poor man who needs work, and he hires him for the day, and he brings him to the farm, and he says, I'm going to pay you so, such and such for a day's worth of work. And so there the poor man, he comes in, all right, I'm going to be able to feed my family tonight. And so he goes out and he works hard all day, and then he comes in to be paid, and he says, oh, well, I'm going to pay you uh, next week. Moses says, no, that's not what you do. That's not the way you do it. You don't oppress the vulnerable. You don't take advantage of the vulnerable. That is a situation in which the, the rich man takes, uh, takes advantage of the poor man by, by taking advantage of his vulnerability. Here he is, he is a man who needs a job. And this man finds him in his needs and he takes advantage of that. We see that all the time, don't we? especially in our society. Somebody's always looking out for their own well-being over anybody else's well-being. And they're looking for a way to take advantage of the most vulnerable. I just indicated one earlier, right? We, we, we hear people getting scammed. We hear the elderly getting scammed all the time. Because they're in a vulnerable state. They're, they're trusting of people and, and, and they're looking for companionship. They're looking for someone to talk to and, and someone comes along and they take advantage of their vulnerability and they take them for all that they have. We're not to be that way. We cannot be that way. But we're, we're to be honest. We're to deal honestly with people. Instead of oppressing people, we, we need to be honest and open with them. We need to be straightforward. And in this case, we need to give a, a pay an honest day's wage for an honest day's work and not take advantage of this person's vulnerability. Of course, we can see this happening in our society today. We can understand how this even plays out in our own day and time. There are still day workers, by the way. We see this from time to time. In fact, when I was uh, working in, in logging with my in-laws, 
There was occasion where my father-in-law, he needed a day hand, someone to come out. Maybe a worker was sick or something or some equipment was down. And so he needed a day hand just for a day or two to come out and work. And so he would uh, talk to the person and hire them for those couple of days. And quite often he would pay them at the end of the day because that's what they agreed upon. And so those still exist. That still exists. You can also imagine someone coming along who needs a hand, right? They, they need to make some money. They need to earn some money. They've come upon a hard time, and, and we've, I've seen it here at the church. People come by here, and, and they need money. They need food. They need clothing. They need something to, to get by because something's happened, and they've come upon a hard time. They don't want a handout. And I've even had that here at the church. And someone, they don't want a handout, so uh, I'll let them pick up sticks or do something, anything, to kind of help them, to kind of save them some dignity and, and help them along in the way. But now here's where we, would take, we could take advantage of that. You hire someone to come and do a job for you. Yeah, I got some work I need to be, that needs to be done, and you agree on, on doing that, and they come out and, and they do the work. Maybe they spend all day working out in your yard, and then at the end of the day, oh, well, here's $20. Well, now you've just taken advantage of the vulnerable because they've given you $100 worth, at least $100 worth of, of labor, and you're going to pay them $20. We see this happening with immigrants all the time. You, you've heard the stories. We've seen it on the news where companies or, or different people will hire immigrants. Why? Because, especially if they're not papered, if they're illegal immigrants, then, then they can get their, their labor for cheaper than they can pay someone who is documented. That's taking advantage of the vulnerable. That's oppressing the oppressed. And God says, not my people. Not my people. An honest day's work is worthy of an honest day's pay. We don't take advantage of the vulnerable. We don't take advantage of those who, who don't have the ability to stand up for themselves. We love them and we care for them. We give an honest day's wage for an honest day's work. We don't seek to, to take advantage of someone just so we can build ourselves up. Love the vulnerable by dealing honestly with them and never, ever, ever taking advantage of their position. Love the vulnerable by caring for their psychological and physical well-being, their total well-being. By dealing honestly with them. And third, love the vulnerable by treating them as individuals. Love the vulnerable by treating them as individuals. We get this from this last little paragraph. Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own sins. Of course, here we're, we're dealing with fathers and children and, and all of this. And, and this was actually common, common back in the ancient times. In ancient times, in other societies, some of Israel's neighbors, they would do that. Like They would hold 
fathers accountable for their children's crimes and they would hold children accountable for their father's crimes. If a father did something, the whole family might be wiped out. God said, not among my people. Not among my people. You're going to treat everyone as an individual. The father shall, he's going to be prosecuted for his crimes and the children will be prosecuted for their crimes but but you're not going to hold the other accountable for the other's crimes you're going to treat people as individuals now some of you might be thinking about now what was that back on in the ten commandments what was that second commandment in the ten commandments deuteronomy chapter 5 verses verse 8 and following you shall not make for yourself or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath you shall not bow down to them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments of course, that's dealing with a covenantal promise that God is making to the nation of Israel. But it also recognizes that uh, ultimately, the sins of our fathers often have negative consequences on the children. A father who raises his children to be idolaters, as in the second commandment, tend to continue that practice and therefore they receive the penalty for their own sin of idolatry and so yes our our sins do affect our children and even our grandchildren of course god can redeem all of that by his own power but that is kind of the usual nature of things but here in this text our text today it is dealing specifically with the transgression the 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 penalty of the father and the penalty of the children and not crossing them, not holding one accountable for the other. Here, in this context, we're to treat people as individuals. We're to recognize and treat people as individuals. Now, how does this, what does this have to do with the vulnerable? Have you ever helped someone out and ended up being taken advantage of? Have you ever helped someone out of a spot just to find out that they were taking advantage of you? Have you ever given someone some money thinking they were going to maybe go spend it on their children and, and buy clothes and, and food for their family just to find out that they went and spent it on booze? And then how did that make you feel? You see, we could take that experience where we've been taken advantage of by someone who appeared to be in a vulnerable state and take that experience and then apply it to the next person that comes to us. The next person that comes to us when, and when they say, hey, I need help in this, oh, I'm not going to help you. You're just going to take advantage of me of, like that last guy. You see, now we're not treating this person in front of us like an individual. We're treating that person, we're holding that person responsible for 
that person's sin who took, who took advantage of us before. And it's easy to do that. It's very easy to do that. One time we had a, a lady here at the church who came, another staff member, I wasn't here that day, but uh, another staff member, uh, she came in and, and she had her story. She needed help. She had an appointment to get to, and her, her tank was empty, and she needed just a little gas to, to, to get in her car so she could make it to Monroe and back for her appointment. And so that staff member said, oh, all right, well, we'll help you out. And so this staff member, he, he took her down to the gas station, and he says, I'm going to pump you some gas. I'm going to give you some gas. And, and uh, he got down there, and he put the, the nozzle in the gas tank, and he, he turned it on, and clunk. He did it again. He thought, well, maybe it just made clunk. You know, that's what it does when it's full. Clunk. It shut off. He's like, what in the world? What is this? And then she confessed. Well, she had a full tank. She just wanted money. You see, going after that experience, it, it, it has a tendency to weigh the next time someone comes in and says, hey, I need some gas to get to Monroe. Can you help me out? The first inclination is, yeah, right. I remember that, last, that lady last week. Yeah, she needed gas too. You see, we can often allow bad experiences in the past to affect a current situation. We can often allow times in the past when we have been taken advantage of to affect how we treat the person who is now in front of us who truly does need help. We have to treat everyone like individuals. Whatever anybody has done in, to you in the past, that's between them and God. Let God deal with that. When He puts someone in front of you who's vulnerable, who's in a a time of need. Treat that person as an individual. Address their need. Help them in whatever way you, you can. Treat them as an individual. We're to care for the vulnerable. We're to care for the vulnerable by treating them as individuals. We love the vulnerable. Love the vulnerable as yourself. Love the vulnerable. Care for their complete well-being. Love for them by taking care of their complete well-being. Love them by dealing with them honestly, by treating them as individuals. Love the vulnerable as yourself. And as we think about that, we need to be reminded today of Scripture's warning. God cares for the vulnerable. He cares for the widow and the orphan. He cares for the sojourner. He cares for the poor and needy. And He gave this warning to Israel. In Amos chapter 2, verses 6-10, through 10, He says, Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they sell righteous the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals 
Those who trample the heads of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of, of the afflicted. A man and his father go into the same girl so that my holy name is profaned. They lay themselves down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge. And in the house of their God, they drink the wine of those who have been fined. Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and who was as strong as the oak. I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. Also it was I who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, and led you 40 years in the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. You see, God promised Israel. He promised them punishment because Israel neglected to demonstrate the love and grace that He had shown them to the vulnerable of their society. Today, church, we need to be reminded of Christ's love and grace towards us. Romans 5, 6 through 8 tells us, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us that while we were still sinners, while we were still rebellious sinners, taking advantage of God, despising God, though He blessed us with so much. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In our most vulnerable state, Jesus Christ came, He lived, He suffered, and He died. He sacrificed all to take care of our deepest need. And He calls us to demonstrate that same love and grace to the most vulnerable in our society. Church, let us look around us because it's all around us. Vulnerable are all around us. People who need, people who have physical and, and psychological needs that need to be cared for, people who are in desperate need, let us be faithful to show them love by caring for those needs. And of course, the greatest need of those around us is a need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are many who are living in darkness, destined for hell, and we have the message of hope. Let us be faithful. Let us be faithful to declare the good news of Jesus Christ so that they may obtain eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you have taken care of us in our most vulnerable state. When we were in desperate need, Lord, you didn't turn your back on us.
You didn't look at our sin and turn away. When we were rank and foul with sin, you didn't turn away. But you came and you live among us. And you were faithful to us. And you sacrificed all to help us and to provide for our greatest need. Father, you have blessed us so much. Lord, help us to be a blessing to others. Let us not turn our back on the vulnerable. Let us not turn our back on the widow, the orphan, the sojourner, the poor and the needy. But Lord, help us to be faithful in every way. To love them as ourselves. And to show them your love and your grace. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.